What is going on, everyone? (laughs) Welcome back to Fantasy Suites Podcast. As always, I am your host, Coco Livia, and Fantasy Suites, we have arrived. Ah, yeah, and what a night it was. I was so excited to finally see some of this Matt James sexual energy, and it was kind of a snoozer episode, but we really got to know Matt a lot more throughout the course of these two hours, and we really see the connections coming to the surface with the final two. So we will get all into this recap today. We are so excited. But first, we are so elated to announce our first ever partnership. That's right. Our good friends, Amelia Rose and Lindsay Millen, over at the Final Rose Tarot, have created the most dramatic tarot deck yet, inspired, of course, from our beloved franchise. Wow. The tarot deck consisting of all 78 traditional cards have been reimagined and correlated to the themes of the show, including cards featuring In the Moments, the producer, the villain, and of course, the bachelor as the emperor and bachelorette as the empress. My gosh, the deck itself comes with a complete guidebook that has funny insight and descriptions into each of the cards. These playful reinterpretations of the conventional meanings of the cards are reimagined in bachelor scenarios. I know, so cool. Each card also has its own keyword associations for an at-a-glance interpretation and readings. Each card is hand-illustrated, set in a vibrant and fun color palette. And I do mean vibrant and fun. It's all reds and hot pinks and purples super sexy, and printed on luxurious and thick matte paper with gold foil on both sides of the cards and on the box. The box itself looks also super decadent. I live for boxes, and I just think that this set is going to be sick as fuck. The whole vibe of the deck is meant to be cheeky and lighthearted, all while poking fun at the show, and it sure does, especially through the aesthetic of the illustrations. This deck can be used for introspection, like a traditional deck, or as a fun compliment to watching the show. (laughs) We absolutely love this deck. It stands for all things... (laughs) that we love, including the color palette, the fact that it's a tarot deck, the fact that it's created by 
two amazing women and we just love to see it. So please pre-order yours on Instagram at Final Rose Tarot. Right now it's $5 off the normal price for all pre-orders placed through the Kickstarter campaign. So please go check them out if you haven't already. We love you, Final Rose Tarot, and are so excited for this project. And with that, let's get into it. <laughs> Y'all, this episode was a dud <laughs> for Fantasy Suites. I mean, I guess it's overnights now. What in the actual fuck? Okay, so right at the top of the episode, we have, you know, little in the moments with each of the ladies walking the Nemecolon grounds and talking about their fears coming into this week. There are multiple references to overnights, Bitch, get it right. It's fantasy suites, okay? Fantasy suites. We get a shot of Chris Hasbin talking to the ladies all around in the Nema Colon common room, in the Nema common room. And he says, I hope to see you all at the next rose ceremony. (laughs) Well, we don't, okay? Bye. Um, hmm. with that, we cut away to Matt, who is having an internal struggle because coming from the family that he does and with all of the experience he had growing up, he has a lot of feelings about his missing father figure. So these shady ass producers are literally about to bring his father out for a fucking storyline for this show. Oh my gosh. This was intense. A hard, tough conversation to witness. I literally could not believe what we were watching. I wish that we saw more of this version of Matt on our screens because he was raw and real in this and we all felt it, right? Wow. And Matt feels it too. He is a deep guy. He specifically says that harboring this kind of negativity towards his dad has never um, progressed or furthered any of his previous relationships. And he understands that in order to move on with his life, he really needs to talk it out with his dad, which he's never done before. And holy moly, is this conversation ever intense. Right off the bat, Matt says that his dad basically just left them and started other families, and that was really painful for him. Oh my gosh, and I was already crying. And then his dad is basically saying that no one is perfect, everyone makes mistakes. Um, He came home one day, and his mom 
the mom, Patty, I guess, was just completely gone. And I had questions. I don't know if that meant while Matt was there, which would have really terrified me, um, or just, you know, she left him, which is fair. Um, and it, that's exactly what Matt says, too. He He's like, well, do you blame her? Um, you were cheating. Uh, such a hard conversation. I really felt this one in my core. His father explains that the reason why he's there is to celebrate his son's success and this journey, not to talk about his relationship with his mother in the past. <laughs> and that's when Matt says, well, this is part of my journey, and I we've never spoken about this before, and I'm ready to have this conversation. And just demands, you know, his dad in his capacity as a parental figure to be accountable for his past failures as a parent. And I just, I really thought this moment was super profound. And I, I actually couldn't believe that we were seeing this on camera. Um, it also speaks to the depth of emotion and story that Matt has that we actually haven't seen throughout this entire season. Um, it's so obvious that he's he holds a lot inside, obviously being his quadruple Sagittarian self. Um, but also it seems pretty clear why he is the withholding quiet kind of person that he is when you put all of this familial context around him. Oh, this was just hard to watch from beginning to end, really. The one part of this conversation that made me laugh actually was when Matt said that if they were here to celebrate, then they would go to Chuck E. Cheese. Boo-boo, aren't you 28? <laughs> Can't you think of literally anywhere else to go celebrate that is, like, age-appropriate? Or do you still go to Chuck E. Cheese? I'm very confused. <laughs> I have questions. But no, seriously. Um, Matt speaks about having a dad who would drop in with shoes and pizza every now and again. And he finally breaks down in an ITM and says, I didn't need shoes. I didn't need pizza. I needed a dad. And my mama heart was just shattering into a trillion pieces for him because kids deserve to have both of their parents if and when that's possible. And it just feels like that kind of damage can never be repaired. And it just really breaks my heart for Matt. <laughs> Matt. But that's the point where Matt is also able to reconcile his dad's shortcomings as a parent with, you know, his basic human faults. 
And it's pretty wild to see this moment for his dad. You know, you can see him mentally processing everything and he's sweating and he looks uncomfortable and his brow is furrowed. And, you know, he just apologizes and he owns it. And, you know, he's, he's crying too. And it's just, it's so much. I was literally crying on my couch just to this conversation. It was the most single, most powerful moment that we definitely had on our screens all season. And we finally find out that actually Matt's grandfather was murdered when his father was the age of five. Or no, he wasn't murdered. I'm so sorry. He was killed. Um, and so we kind of understand that there's levels of trauma at play here. And I don't know if this was information Matt didn't know, but there just seems to be um, an opening up and an approchement, as we say in French, um, between the two. Everyone is crying. They wrap each other into this super tight father-son embrace. Dad is kissing his son on the on the neck. <laughs> Matt says he'll still kick his ass at soccer. And you can see the levity between the two. There's been some air cleared. There's been some healing in this conversation. And you can even read it on, on Matt's face and his ITM. It's just... This would, yeah, just to recall what I just said, it was literally the most meaningful moment that we saw on our screens all season. But fuck the producers for manipulating the shit out of Matt on this one because I feel like I've heard rumors that past leads have also um, been approached to have estranged family members come on their seasons and they all. I think for the most part, they all declined very intelligently. Um, yeah, this was just too much for my mama heart. <sighs> With that, we are going into the sexiness of fantasy suites. Literally, you can even just tell from the lead in that <laughs> this is going to be kind of a heavy episode. <laughs> And they have Matt, again, in some very questionable fashion choices. He's in this weird yellow ribbed sweater with this thick neck around that's kind of cream. I don't know. I'm just, I'm not into it. Poor guy. And it is Michelle's date first. So exciting. She is looking stunting as usual in the jeans and the black top. We love to see it. And while the rain is not very conducive to a romantic date, that's great because they are going to the spa. <laughs> and this spa is bizarre, y'all. <laughs> They're going to do an oatmeal foot bath. So sexy. 
they're going to do a milk bath. <laughs> there is fur everywhere. There are taxidermied animals. Cannot wait to see if Game of Roses creature of the week is going to be one of these taxidermied dead things because I don't know I would not be like hot for my person in this circumstance I would be a little concerned <laughs> I mean spa date very cool very sexy but dead things and fur and I don't know it was just a little much um, but throughout the course of this date, they do some fun, freaky shit. Um, they eat some of the oatmeal that they're dipping their feet in. They bathe each other in the milk while wearing white swimsuits. Very sexy. And they lick butter off one another. <laughs> Work. Uh, you can tell that they both have like a freaky side. I'm into it. They also get into some real talk about the future. Um, Michelle talks about her experience of having Matt meet her family and how she can really see a future together. And she speaks to this concept of staying in love, which I thought was just goals. Like, she nailed it. Falling in love is one thing, but she has this beautiful example in her parents of what it takes to have a long marriage. My parents also have a very long marriage, and so I, this concept of staying in love and working on your relationship just really um, spoke to me. And I just thought that was beautiful and deep, and also Matt really loved it too. Oh my gosh, I just love them. Y'all. It feels right to say it, so I'm gonna say it. <laughs> I love you. Wow. To be able to tell Matt that I'm in love with him was such a relief. Like, this is happening. response no I am devastated so poor Michelle I feel like Michelle for Bachelorette come on now apparently their night goes super duper well it definitely looks like they take it to the next level um but the fact that Matt had no response to this declaration of love is not promising. I have concerns. Ooh. <laughs> Michelle returns to the Nemo common room the next day, post-date, and the ladies look devastated. Brie and Rachel are in fucking tears and 
they just can't. It is like, do you remember what you signed up for? <laughs> no, no, I'm being a jerk. Seriously, though. Um, tears abound, and it's time, on that note, for Breeze Date. Brie is looking all sorts of cute as she goes into seeing Matt on their date. Oh my gosh, with that adorable black puffer with the nude um, top that she was wearing underneath. I was just very here for it. I've been saying this all season long. I will continue to say it. Brie slays neutrals. Oh my goodness. Um, removing five points, however, for that lame-ass hoojoo, <laughs> the hug jump as she goes to greet Matt in the woods was kind of like, I'm here, pick me up. <laughs> you can tell she's, um, a little apprehensive about the day ahead. As she should be, because it turns out they are leaving that poor girl in the fucking woods. She is the least outdoorsy person out of the entire cast. And she keeps getting these crazy wild outdoorsy type dates. <laughs> and this thing is the lowest budget shit you have ever seen. They are literally making these two put together this rickety ass tent that they probably dug out of like production storage from 20 years ago. And it's kind of funny to see. <laughs> and Matt says, I honestly wouldn't be able to have gotten it up without you. <laughs> okay there, Matt. It's like getting dark in the woods. I'm getting a little nervous for Brie. But they're sitting around a romantic fire. And, you know, Matt is definitely channeling those park ranger vibes. And I feel it. <laughs> Even though he attracts mad danger. Um, I don't know. I just, I felt this for him. It was a, it was a cute little date. Even though we were getting a foreshadowing kind of sadder edit. Oh, poor Brie. Also, this date was very boring. I was like, oh, God. They really just left them. And back at the Nema Common Resort, these two are going to have a real date. And not be left out to be consumed by forest animals in the deep dark woods. So at least there's that. <laughs> and Bree is looking a little bit more confident and um, comfortable after the day. She's smiling. She's looking amazing in this like burnt red dress, mega feeling it. And they're going to have some alone time. During their date, they talk about their parents and their journey throughout their journey. <laughs> and 
basically it's time to head up to the fantasy suites. And it just seems very obvious that there is a huge physical connection and they both really want to explore that. And we're here for it. Finally, we actually get a Fantasy Suites reference in the card. Thank you, producers, because this overnights thing is just not going to cut it for me. I get that, like, these Fantasy Suites, there's nothing, like, fantastical or magical about them. But come on. We could have done more for Brie than a fucking campfire. Anyway, I digress. Um, they head up to the fantasy suites and they have a fire connection. Their hands are all over one another. They're popping some more champagne. You can tell that they're excited to get to it. I'm here. Yes. And the next morning, it's pretty obviously written over both of their faces. What a great time they had. Brie is beaming from ear to ear. They're lying in bed. Their bodies fit perfectly together. I am here for it. That was a sexy shot. Matt James is ridiculously good looking. Imagine waking up every day knowing you look like that. Him and Brie would just make the most stunning couple. So that's the end of Bree's date. She goes to rejoin the ladies and she who shall not be named Rachel is having an actual literal breakdown throughout this entire portion. She's crying and she has to get ready for their final date to go pottery making. Girl, did you forget what fucking show you're on? I just, I hate, I hated this whole part. It just really annoyed me. It was to the point where she actually stopped the, the, the date and went to go speak to Matt about how his fantasy suite dates with the other women made her feel. And I was like, what the fuck? And forces this conversation with Matt where he tells her, I'm going to be honest with you about where we're at. And tells her that he's falling in love with her. From the guy who's been saying thanks for sharing to Michelle and to Brie, this seems like pretty obvious at this point. He admitted this to her. So yeah, I guess I guess that tells us everything we need to know. <laughs> Michelle for Bachelorette. Y'all, I was so annoyed. And she's just sitting there with this, like, smug smile. Like, yeah, I got this. Like, he's so into me. And it's only then that they can literally return to the date and she can stop pouting and have him help her make this bowl that she can be, like, happy and 
like nice to be around again. Uh, multiple times throughout this um, this date, she says things like, "My heart is going to explode." <laughs> Go for a girl. She also said directly in an ITM that she could not live without Matt moving forward. And in our batch group chat, it was the Rosie recap who said, imagine, (laughs) imagine saying on national TV that you could not live without a man. Like I would move to another country and just never show my face again. (laughs) And it's so true. This was really just, ugh. It just felt manipulative. It felt performative, the whole thing. Um, And we were really glad when the date was over. (laughs) Fantasy suite portion. And guess what? Of course, she is super excited about it. Wearing a sexy red satin moment. Um, And the producers have saved the fireworks for her, which is usually a pretty big sign that um, we're dealing with a final ring contender. Speaking of rings, she makes multiple um, references to wanting a ring on her finger and waking up with a ring on her finger, and she hopes he goes and gets a ring while she's asleep. And I don't know, it just... Like, this is not what that is. <laughs> Y'all, also, are fireworks really that romantic? I don't find so. Like, I have a little bit of misophonia as well, and um, loud noises and stuff like that can really, like, trigger my anxiety. <laughs> so maybe it's just me, but I don't find fireworks that romantic. <laughs> And I actually have known a few people who do find them very romantic. So maybe I am just being mega judgmental here. But um, it does make for a very pretty shot, obviously. Um, Yeah. But with that, that is the conclusion of Fantasy Suites Week, the semifinals. We are heading into a rose ceremony. And... I did not get this memo, but apparently it's Black Dress Week. Wow. The battle of the black dresses. I mean, not to, like, reduce this entire show or these women to their fashion, but each of these three black dresses slayed my life away, I have to say. I mean, Brie is a style icon at this point. Wow. But Michelle's dress also killed me dead. Just loved it. And we're feeling the emotions going into this. You know, each of these women are super invested. They are super into Matt. And you can tell that they really see themselves in a future with him. Flower order goes as follows. Michelle gets first rose. 
and she who shall not be named gets second, leaving Brie as the odd woman out and our third place finisher. Congratulations, Brie Springs. <laughs> um, her exit is tearful but meaningful. Did not feel like a bachelorette interview simply because um, we have some stronger characters, I guess, who are potentially still in the running for this. Um, and it just doesn't feel like her personality is really lending to a lead edit, unfortunately. But we hope Brie will consider coming to paradise. That would be so fucking bomb. And literally in their conversation, you can very much tell that Matt was into Brie <laughs> all along, as suspected, as we called. Um, but he definitely is in love with someone else. This is obvious. So, sorry, Brie. That's the way the cookie crumbles. But with that, that is the end in play for this week in Fantasy Suites. Wild. What a snoozer. Am I right? It turns out that the hometown dates, I guess, can be more meaningful and interesting because we get a sense of the family dynamic and whatnot. Um but fantasy suites really rely on this element of fun and being able to do things and fantasy and, and yeah, and romance. And it just doesn't work if you're kind of stuck on a resort for months at a time. <laughs> at least I tried. Well, we do get a preview for next week, and it looks like we have some drama in it for our final episode, y'all. I cannot wait. It looks like it's going to be wild. These shady producers have been feeding us a specific type of edit all season long, and this preview for next week seems to indicate that he might end it off before a proposal. Maybe he gets to the proposal and there's only one woman. I don't know. But there are tears abound. We can very much expect for this to um, end in a dramatic way, I think. I feel like that's been the whole theme of the season. I don't know if we're going to be getting a proposal. I will be super interested to see AFR. On that note, I've heard that AFR filmed this past weekend. Um, it's my understanding that Reality Steve has doubled down on his... Um, on his predictions about The Bachelorette. I will not uh, release that information in this pod episode because it's considered to be a spoiler, I think, at this point. But I, I'm not sure. I'm still not sure. He's gotten it wrong a lot before, so we'll have to see. I won't believe it until it's announced, 
wild, 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 wild. With that, we are going into the finals, everyone. (laughs) And while the journey is coming to an end and tears will be shed, this sobering moment in time reminds us to face the reality that as much as our hearts desire a fairy tale ending, nothing is certain. Keep your expectations in check. So when life calls a situation quits, you can open yourself up to new romantic adventures. But first, your heart must begin to mend. Sage words from only one of the cards from the final rose tarot's amazing tarot deck inspired by their mutual obsession as well as ours the bachelor franchise so please check out the most dramatic tarot deck yet created by amelia rose and lindsay millen our friends over at the final rose tarot (laughs) thank you so much for joining us on this recap episode of our namesake fantasy suites week As always, I am your host, Coco Olivia. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Fantasy Suites Podcast. And we will see you later this week, babies. Take care.